Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to episode 38 of Share Crime. I'm Kenzie. And I'm Amy. This week, we are going back to the A&E documentary series, Cults and Extreme Belief, covering the Jehovah's Witnesses. Many people think of Jehovah's Witnesses as the kind of people who go door-to-door sharing God's Word and hoping to gain new members to their organization. But what if you found out that they were really abusing children behind closed doors and ensuring the molesters never got caught or prosecuted? This episode covers a horrifyingly sad and true story of Romy Maple, a woman who grew up in this cult and suffered years of abuse at the hands of one of the elite members within this organization. Repeated attempts to come forward to the elders in regards to the sexual assaults fell on deaf ears and were completely ignored. After 40 years as a member, she knew it was time to disassociate and leave. Now the question is, have these crimes been purposefully covered up for generations? And if so, who is to blame? sure are. This week was different. We actually did two episodes back-to-back recording on we the did. same night. We did. We got to get this done because we don't know when baby Gabe is coming. We don't know. We need to make sure that all of our listeners have episodes to listen to if we're off. And I leave for Ireland in three weeks. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to yeah. be gone for 10 days. That's right. So we really have to be <laughs> We really have prepared. to be on our game here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This week, we're doing the Jehovah's Witnesses from the Cults and Extreme Belief documentary series. Yeah. Super, super excited to do this one. Yes. For the listeners. And someone actually asked us to do it. So, right, because we, we had, had to do already it. covered Nexium and we had covered the Children of God. Yeah. Yep. So, this one was one that I think I'm trying to remember if you had actually said it. In one of the episodes, I or think if you I had did. also like written about it in one of our posts, I might have, yeah. And somebody posted on it in our Facebook group. Shameless plug. <laughs> Come for join the us. Sheer crime podcast discussion group on Facebook <laughs> that they wanted to hear the Jehovah's Witnesses episode. Yep. I mean, I feel like a lot of people know who or what they are, but don't know who or what they are. Exactly. That's the whole thing. Yeah. I don't think people really know. Unless no. you're a part of the organization or have researched it a lot or something. Right. I had no clue until I watched this documentary. Yeah. And boy, is it scary shit. Yeah. It's eye-opening, isn't it? It really is. Now, what are you drinking today, Amy? Okay. Well, because it's our second episode of the night, I just downed a body armor. And I need... More hydration. Yes. And so I'm I'm just rolling with my ice water. Perfect. And I went with something super classic this week, and I'm going to do a Bud Light. Hey. Something a little different. Get it, girl. (laughs) We are my favorite beer, so why not? Yeah. We are basic (laughs) over here. Fuck it. All right. You can shake, and I'll pop. All right. Ready? Here we go. Go. Oh, my ice melted. (laughs) Yep. Nope. I'll just do this. Do you hear that? <laughs> That'll work. There you go. Yummy. Very refreshing. Oh, my gosh. I have kind of forgotten how great ice water is. <laughs> so prior to being pregnant, I couldn't do ice water. I didn't like how cold it was. Yeah. But 
Oh my gosh. Oh, for pregnancy, it's super refreshing. Like I cannot get enough of it. Mm -hmm. So sorry, side note. I don't know if I've told you how many times I have to get up and pee in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. It's about four on average. Yep. But my like little reward after going to the bathroom and making my way back to my side of the bed in the middle of the dark. Nope. In the middle of the night in the dark. (laughs) I reward myself with a couple sips of really cold ice water and it makes it all worth it. It does. Like, this gotta baby, do something, this especially when you're waking up it. that much. Come on, you gotta do something. Well, I think it kind of perpetuates the cycle of me having to get up and pee more. <laughs> yep. Because I do chug. <laughs> I mean, it's not like this tiny little like sip, it's like five gulps. Yes. My husband makes fun of me. Yeah. It's okay. I, I wake you need up. it. You need it. Oh, I sure do. So, Amy, why don't you kick us off on this documentary tonight on Jehovah's Witnesses? All right. So, the first thing we see in this episode is kind of like a news clip and The news anchor is saying, quote, and tonight, a city news exclusive. This is a $66 million class action lawsuit that's been filed against a religious organization best known for its door-to-door prophesizing, the Jehovah's Witnesses, accused of having rules and policies that protect child sex abusers and put children in harm's way, unquote. We then see some on-screen text that says the Jehovah's Witnesses organization, also known as the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, has over 8.3 million members worldwide. It's big. Very big. Yeah. Now, of course, because this is part of the series, Elizabeth Vargas is in here periodically kind of interviewing our main star. Yes, just like the Nexium and just like Children of God. Yep, Yep, same type of thing. Right, and she will also bring in some experts as well yes. throughout the documentary. Yep. And we actually get to to see Yanya Lalich again. She's yes. in this documentary. And I believe she was in Nexium before. She was. Mm-hmm. Yep. We then see some on-screen text again that says, and for over 40 years, Romy Maple was one of them. Insert Romy Maple. She's looking through some childhood photographs, noticing that she isn't smiling in any of the pictures. Some more text tells us that Romy is preparing for a trip to Tennessee to meet with a prominent whistleblower of the Jehovah's Witnesses organization. Romy tells us that she's going to meet Barbara Anderson, a big critic on the organization itself. She says that she's going to spend some time with her, and Barbara used to be high up in the church in a position of trust. So this is kind of like almost an exclusive interview for her. Absolutely. She's kind of going to get some secrets that she didn't know because this lady was like way, way high up. Right. And she's hoping to be able to put some of the pieces together with the knowledge that she has and the facts that she's been able to uncover over the years. Now, Romy was born into the Jehovah's Witnesses and she had never had a say on whether she wanted to be in it or not. She was just born in and raised that way. She says that she was also a fourth generation. So her, her mom, Her grandmother and her great-grandmother had all been followers in this organization, which surprised me because I truly didn't know that it had been around that long. Right. She says that she had mostly followed along because her mother, Linda, was so passionate about it. So obviously, she was also raised in it. And I feel this happens a lot with any religion. Yeah. You grow up in a religion and your parents or whoever takes you is super passionate about it typically or really enjoys it, grows you up that way, teaches their teachings and all this kind of stuff. So that's how these things continue on. That's how the cycle keeps going. Exactly. But she said that even as a child, she'd felt something wasn't right. 
And she was looking at the moral principles that they'd had to follow and why. Like, for example, and these are things that I personally remember seeing when I was going to school with a couple of students in my class that were Jehovah's Witnesses. They could not stand up and salute the flag. They had to remain sitting during the Pledge of Allegiance. That is really strange to me. Well, nowadays, is it? Well, not nowadays. (laughs) But back then, right, everybody did. It was just something you did. and. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think everybody still should do it. We are still America. But this is against their teachings. They're not supposed to do it. They have to remain sitting. They are also not allowed to remain in the classroom if the class is having a birthday party or a holiday party, like Christmas, Valentine's Day, anything like that. They are not allowed to be there. They're actually kept home that day or they're put into like a study hall for that time period. Oh my God, horrible. When she says it, it sets you up to be a complete outcast because here's the thing, they don't celebrate birthdays. Oh my gosh. It's just, what a sad childhood to see, especially when you're a child and like you see all this fun stuff going on and you don't get to join in. Agreed. Oh, my gosh. Because what was better than Valentine's Day in elementary school? I know. Right? You You got got to, to like, (laughs) decorate your little, what, your shoebox shoebox or (laughs) coffee can or whatever. Oh, my gosh. I always decked mine out. And you just, you loved bringing your own that you made for everyone and handing them out. Right. seeing all the special notes you got and all the things you got Hoping from all your Hoping that your crush gave you one yeah. that, you know, hinted to them also liking you. And the thought that these kids never got to experience that, None like, you almost feel like their childhood was taken away from them a little bit. I mean, that's a huge part of a childhood is a kid's birthday. They look forward to that every single year. Right. Not only for the presents, but, like, for the party and for seeing people and their friends and that kind of stuff, you know? I mean, it's a right the of cake. in a way. Yeah, that's, it's just, it's really, really unfortunately sad. I know. So, Yanya comes in at this point, and remember, she's our sociologist and our cult expert. She says that anything part of this world is considered evil and dangerous to Jehovah's Witnesses. She says that they believe that the world that we live in is ruled by Satan. And I put in quotes, I mean, we're not far off. <laughs> <laughs> They're not far off from that. I, I kind of agree. But... Theirs is a step further. They truly believe anything outside of what they believe and they kind of focus in on and they practice is completely bad. And this is when things get culty for me. This is when it's culty. When they have to separate all of their members from actual society. Uh huh. And they're doing it for a reason because a lot of the things that they want you to believe in aren't fucking normal and are weird. Right, they're weird. Yeah. Or they're fucking pedophiles. Right. It always fucking ends up being that. It's always the pedophiles. It's always fucking, like, touching kids. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? I like, don't get it. But they have to do that because they have to, like, brainwash you enough to think that this shit is fucking normal. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, uh, people, watch your surroundings. If they're fucking making you an outcast, there's a fucking problem. Exactly. There's a reason for it. Yes, We see some more text that says that the Jehovah's Witnesses began as a Bible study group in the 1870s in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Their name is intended to designate them as a group of Christians who proclaim the truth about God, whom they call Jehovah. 1870s. I literally was like, (laughs) what? That's a long-ass time. Okay, I'm just doing quick math here. Is that like 150 years? Yeah. Yep, 151. 
I said like 150 years. <laughs> oh, you were close. Oh my gosh. It's <laughs> a long time. That's a long time. I did. I had no idea. I had no idea they have been around for that long. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. So Elizabeth Vargas comes back on and she says that most people know about Jehovah's Witnesses as those nice people who knock on your door spreading the word. Kind of like you mentioned in the intro. She says that the occasional celebrity would come out to be also Jehovah's Witnesses like Michael Jackson or Prince, which also did not fucking know that. I didn't fucking know that either. But I didn't really follow anything Michael Jackson did. I always thought it was fucking weird and I didn't follow what he what he did. Oh, you got to go down the TikTok rabbit holes because apparently he was one of the whistleblowers. That's why he was suicided. Oh, there's a, so many. <laughs> there's so many of them. <laughs> there's so many rabbit holes to go down. There is. It's great there if you've just, got time. I, well, I think it's because I, those people were just in the press so much that I'm like. For and, sure. And for bad reasons. So right. I'm like, ew, they're just kind of gross people. Yeah. So, you know, you just kind of forget about them. But yeah, there's there's a lot more people in these these cults than you would believe. Right. That I had no idea. And they say that with 8.3 million members, how is this different from any other religious sect? Like, that's what Elizabeth is kind of asking Yanya. And Yanya responds by saying that the level of control and influence is what makes this different. This this is what makes it Mm culty, right? She says that if someone leaves, they are shunned and can't even see their family anymore or have contact. That includes funerals and weddings. So, like, done. You're cut off. You're basically dead. That is horrible. Again, fucking red flag. Totally. She says that it has all of the characteristics of cultic structure or cultic behavior. And she says that the authoritarian leadership is a bit different as most cults will have that one charismatic leader, right? You know, like Keith Raniere from Nexium, David Berg from Children of God. You know, they all usually have this one leader that kind of like leads everybody astray. One could even say that maybe even Charles Manson was the leader of his cult. In this case, Jehovah's Witnesses doesn't have that. They began that way, but they moved on to this group of people known as the governing body. We get some on-screen text that states all doctrine and laws governing the Jehovah's Witnesses are created and passed down by an entity known as the governing body. Yanya explains that the people in the governing body are said to be spiritually appointed, meaning they are conveying the messages of Jehovah, so what they say is supposed to be taken like scripture. Oh, geez. Here we go. Why is everybody invoked with the spirit? Seriously. Yanya called it charisma by proxy. They are the authoritarian leaders that cannot be questioned. This governing body writes the Watchtower newsletter and the Awake magazine. The Watchtower newsletter is sent out to every single congregation for them to study. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> to study. This is another yeah. fucking red flag, people. You shouldn't have to study anything. No. Like, if we're talking about real religion, you should be able to do with it what you want. And you should be able to have that relationship with your higher power wh- whichever way you want. Well, you should not have to study something and, like, what, pass a test? Like, what's going to happen? at the- <laughs> Like, what are they going to do? Well, I mean, and also, like, if you're going to study something, maybe, like, study one thing, like the Bible, right? Right. Instead, these are being written by just normal people that have appointed themselves in some way, shape, or form. Exactly. And given out to the masses. There's a lot wrong with it. (laughs) Well, and it reminds me of the Children of the God letters, the Mo letters. Yes. That's what it reminded me of immediately when they said that. Same exact thing. Yeah. 
Because again, they need to continue to brainwash you. Right. This is why they send this kind of stuff out in their scripture, because they have a different way of viewing things, right? They Mm -hmm. know they're going to be doing something either illegal, not morally correct, but they want to make you think that it is. Right. We get some more on-screen text that states, the Awake and Watchtower magazines are also passed out to prospective new members as part of the organization's door-to-door ministry, which all of we have been aware of or we've seen before. Yeah. They've come to our houses before. Do you know why I haven't seen one come to my house in a very long time? I haven't either. I used to actually go to a church that was across the street from the Jehovah's Witnesses Kingdom Hall here in Cottage Grove. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was terrified of that place. Really? Every single time I saw it, I thought it was the creepiest looking thing ever because there's no windows. Well, it doesn't look friendly. No, it's a brick building with not a single window. Yeah. I'm like, how is that even legal? I right. How is how can they have a building with no fucking windows at all? And like just like an inset door, no windows. Like Yeah. <laughs> it is creepy. Yeah. Romy comes back, our main character here in this documentary, and says that as a Jehovah's Witness, going door-to-door to strangers' homes to get them to join was a huge part of their lives. She says it was always scary to have to do this, and most of the time, they did not get positive results. I can assume so. <laughs> I can assume so, too, because I remember, like, people saying how they would basically, like, chase them off their lawn yep. or just say something really mean to them. Yeah. I remember my brother, like, planning things to say to them if they ever came to our door. <laughs> and for me, I'm like, just why them. open the door? Yep. Right. I'm just like, I don't even open the door. I don't open the door half the time. I don't if, open if the door for anybody. If it's an adult that I don't know that's outside standing at my door, I'm like, nope, I'm not home. <laughs> no, do you know I'm still like, there's no parents here. Like, I need a bigger adult to come yep. open the door. There you go. Yep. Romy says to us that she had actually been chased off properties with guns. Like, people were chasing them off their properties with guns. Yeah. Now, the Jehovah's Witnesses wants to keep all of their followers busy. They would have to go to the Kingdom Hall three times a week for different meetings. Meetings. I know. They don't even call Uh, it, like, worship or, you know. Well, they don't want to even call themselves a church either because they want to separate themselves from a church aspect. so weird. It is weird. Which gets me thinking, too. If they don't consider themselves a church, do they pay taxes? Uh, Literally popped into my head as well. That is the first thing I thought because isn't it just, like, religious organizations and churches that get to be tax-exempt? Yeah. Or did they find a loophole? That they also can be tax oh, exempt. Probably a loophole. I'm sure. Yeah. There's no way they're paying taxes because that would be so much fucking money. Absolutely. So much money. Yeah. Romy goes on to say that they had them so brainwashed because they always have them thinking about the Jehovah's Witnesses and doing things for this organization. They don't really want you to think about anything else or really have your own life. No. They want your life to revolve around their cult. Yeah. She feels like her childhood was stolen from her. She always had to follow their rules. And if you didn't, you would be punished when the end of the world occurred. Right. So not even be punished just by them, but like God would punish you and you would die when the world ended. would most likely happen in your lifetime. Right, exactly. And Again, not far (laughs) off. (laughs) Well, and this is when we learn about Armageddon. So we see this animated video and in it, We hear, and I quote, when he executes judgment over the world at Armageddon, he will destroy all but the faithful Jehovah's Witnesses, end quote. 
You've got to be kidding me. Who believes this bullshit? It's so weird and like creepy too because it's just like, it's like a cartoon video with like fireballs raining down from the sky over like what looks like New York. Yep. And people are screaming and running for the hills and it's just like... But these people are just going into the light. Like they're just being saved and they, they're, nothing's happening to them. It's like, it's all animated and just, it just looks bad. It looks really bad. Yeah. It looks like something you'd watch in like elementary school. For like some, you know, educational video of some This is sort. what happened to the dinosaurs and how they right. died. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Romy continues and says that they drill into your head that if you are not a part of the organization and baptized in, you will not survive Armageddon. She was told as a child that people would be up to their necks in urine from being so afraid when Armageddon hits and that they would have to watch all the birds eat the flesh around them. So graphic. I was going to say, like, what nightmares do your children have? Especially as a child. She tells us that it's really hard to get out because it's all you know and you get so wrapped up into it. Oh, totally. And she was scared and afraid. And again, especially in her position, she grew up in this religion. It's not like she chose to be in this religion. She didn't have a life prior. Right. Her life was always Jehovah's Witnesses. So the thought, even as you get older, like, how the hell do I get out of here? You're starting over, right. like, because you've never had it not be in your life, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think it's a little different, too, because, like, so we grew up, you and I, basically the same as far as, like, religious, you know, aspects. I mean, we grew up with, you know, heaven being that ultimate place you want to end up. Yeah. But some people are going to end up in hell. Right. The way I grew up, it was really bad people that were ending up in hell, Correct. right? And there wasn't a whole lot of, like, detail. I don't remember them telling me that there were burning lakes of fire, that there, you know, that you would be tortured for the rest of your life. No, I just remember thinking it was going to be really hot and it was going to be really miserable Mm -hmm. and it was with all the bad people. Right. Right? These are like stories that we, do I call them stories? I'm going to call them stories just for the sake of keeping it easy. These are things we grew up knowing, Mm -hmm. hearing, but ultimately, I don't know about you, I never felt like that was something I had to worry about. No. Because no. that was not going to be my end. Yeah, I was never going to get to the point where I would do something so bad that I would end up there. Right. You know? So I think it was so like, okay, like I know what happens to the bad people, but it's not right. me. Right. Where like these, they're just like inundated with these, like you said, like these pictures of what is going to happen if they don't follow every single rule. And they're children. Can you imagine constantly being in fear of misstepping? Always. And all of a sudden you're, you're, you know, up to your neck in urine. Gross. I know. No. It's bad. It's really, really bad. Yeah. She remembers that as a child, thinking that it was Armageddon if it would rain really hard. Like I can't. Like they were always told that it would come when you would least expect it. And it was basically just a huge scare tactic because they yeah. wanted you to always be in fear of your actions, especially when you were not with them. Right. They wanted to make you scared always to make sure you followed their way, that you didn't step out, that you didn't tell people stuff yeah. about what you know, right? right? Because that's going to send you down the wrong path and you're not going to survive Armageddon. 
She tells us that it was just the fear and isolation that haunted her, but also the sexual abuse she endured as a child. She started getting sexually abused by a member of the Jehovah's Witnesses when she was four years old. Oh, Most of it actually happened in this pedophile's home. Right. Fucking gross. Okay, so he must have been someone higher up that her parents trusted. Right. Because why is she allowed at four years old to go to this man's house by herself? I'm sorry. Well, my guess is he probably had children. That's just what I thought. Uh, to me, but still, but totally. No, I, I know. My four-year-old daughter would not go anywhere without me being there. Never. No, not, no, no. And she said that it happened all the time. It happened in the bedroom, in the bathtub, in his shop, basically in every room of this man's house. Why was she in his bathtub? I know. It's so sick. Yeah. I just can't. We get some more on-screen text that states, since the abuser has not been legally charged, his identity has been concealed. Fuck that. Tell us who this bastard is. Fuck him. Hopefully he's fucking dead by now. Well, we can hope, right? Because he has to be really fucking old if he's alive. <laughs> if he's fucking alive. If he's alive. Hopefully he died a horrible death. We can all, we can all pray. I hope the birds <laughs> ate his rotting flesh. Exactly. <laughs> Now, Romy says she remembers going to the Kingdom Hall and her abuser being there and even making her sit on his lap in the Kingdom Hall. Like, ew. And you know what? You know that gave him some sense of, like, satisfaction knowing that he's been abusing her and now she has to sit on his lap in front of everyone. And he knows that she's way too terrified to even say anything about it. It's so sick. Ugh. She felt as if everyone knew what was really going on. Well, I'm sure that some people did. I think a lot more people, I think a lot of fucking people know what's going on in that organization and they're trying to hide it. It makes me wonder if her mom knew. Oh my gosh. You know I, what I mean? I, I pray, I pray she that did not. she did not know that. That would be horrible. Absolutely. Romy can recall her encounters with him while she was on top of him, like face to face, being really scared, but having some of these things feel good. And she didn't understand why. Like, this is so fucking beyond gross. Like, well, because biologically, your body is going to tell you when certain things right. do feel good. And whether you're 4, 14, 24, 34, 44. I fucking hate that. It's still going to feel good. You know fucking. what I mean? Oh, my God. But I at that age, you don't know why. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. That's the grossest part. And it's got to be so fucking confusing because right. it's scary. And she knows deep that down that it's weird it's and wrong. wrong. Yes. you. I think instinctively, even if you've never been taught it or told it, you know it's not right. Something doesn't feel good. Right. It feels like a violation. Right. You're just not exactly sure what that means or why. It's almost like your soul is telling you, like, this isn't right, but your body's reacting in maybe a different way. Absolutely. Right? Oh, it's It's, horrible. Oh, it's terrible. Romy thinks that she was used as his tool to get off, like, whenever and wherever he wanted to. Um, Exactly. And she, again, was so fearful because he was so big and she was so little. It's just this, like, power struggle, and it's so sick. I know, and he was probably, like, if we met him... As an adult now, we would probably look at him and think he was just such a creep. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. And I'm, I'm so bet. easily overpowered by an adult. And I bet as an adult, he's not a fucking big dude or. No, that's what I mean. Like, like strong or any sense. No. But that's why he overpowered children. Uh huh. Like that's, that's probably why. Yep. He's a pussy and a coward. Yep. 
Now, Elizabeth Vargas, in her interview, asks Romy, quote, and how long did the abuse continue? How many years? End quote. And Romy says, about nine. Elizabeth says, did he ever threaten you if you told? And Romy says, yes. In the documentary, Romy tells us that she recalls all of the scare tactics he would use when she was little so she wouldn't say anything. She was terrified he would kill her. So not even just like, you know, tell her mom or like... Right, afraid of like getting in trouble. Getting in trouble or like, you know, getting exiled out of the Jehovah's Witnesses or something like that. Like, she was actually afraid for her life. Right. One of the things that sticks in her mind is when he would take her to the ocean. He would take her out into the waves and pretend he was going to throw her in. He would say things like, if you say anything, I'm going to throw you in. And sometimes he would actually push her into the ocean and she felt like she was going to drown or be eaten by sharks. And she's little, you guys. Yuck. The mental torture. Not only the physical torture, but the mental torture this poor child had to go through. Like, she doesn't know who to talk to. She didn't ever tell her parents. She just has to live with this abuse for years and years. Like, it's so fucking sick. Yep. On-screen text says that when any one of Jehovah's Witnesses is accused of an act of child abuse, the local congregation elders are expected to investigate. Two elders meet separately with the accused and the accuser to see what each says on the matter. And this is, by the way, the Jehovah's Witnesses child abuse policy. Now, in the organization, men are the ones put into the leadership positions. Women are not allowed to be in leadership. Now, if there's a problem, you're put into a room full of men, and they're the ones who make the judicial decisions. You'd never go to a police, you'd never go to a counselor, no one outside of the organization because you are supposed to go to the elders. Doesn't surprise me that women are not allowed to lead. No. Are you kidding me? They don't think of women as anything. No. God, it's so... Why is this not clear to people? Why? Why? Even with fucking documentaries, they still have this many fucking followers. Like, I literally, I don't understand. We are in 2021. You can watch documentaries. You can research all over the internet. You can talk to fucking people. You can literally find out the answers for yourself. I know. You know what I mean? If you want to know the truth. Like, I just, I I don't, fuck this. Fuck this shit. (laughs) People don't want to wake up. No, they don't. They just don't. (laughs) They're perfectly comfortable being sleepy-eyed. Yep. Now, Romy says that growing up, she had always thought that, you know, the elders were the safe place to go, you know, but she has learned over her lifetime that that wasn't true. She believes to have been hurt and abused sexually over 100 times by this man. Oh, my God. That is so fucking much. Well, it is. And she says that in this organization, there is a two-witness rule with any wrongdoing where you go to the elders with two witnesses before they're even going to believe you or take any action whatsoever. Bullshit, again. Right. Like, how often does a sexual assault occur with two witnesses there? Right. Are you fucking kidding me? No. It's This rule is meant to protect these fucking pedophiles. A hundred percent. That is the fucking truth. A hundred percent. I totally believe that. <laughs> we then see a little excerpt from the Jehovah's Witnesses New World Translation of the Holy Scriptures. And this comes from Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15. And it says, No single witness should rise up against a man respecting any error or any sin. 
at the mouth of two witnesses or at the mouth of three witnesses, the matter should stand good. So they're handpicking scriptures and rewording them to make it okay for how they operate. Of course they are. And Elizabeth does ask, how many crimes are actually committed in front of witnesses? I mean, truly, (laughs) right? It it doesn't happen a lot, especially this type of crime. Why would it happen in front of witnesses? Then you have witnesses. (laughs) God. Yanya explains the two-witness rule is something that they have taken from the Bible, but it's a misuse and abuse of that statement as the Bible is not referring to things like child abuse. Exactly. Now, the Jehovah's Witnesses did release a video in November of 2017 clarifying their stance on the two-witness rule. And I quoted Gary Brow from the governing body of Jehovah's Witnesses in this, and he says, The scriptures are very clear. Before a judicial committee can be convened, there has to be a confession or two witnesses. So we will never change our scriptural position on that subject. Romy says that one of her cousins had told her that she was also being sexually abused by the same person as Romy was. So together, they went to an elder that they thought would be able to help, someone that they had trusted. They were excited that this could be the end of it and that they were going to be okay. So they go to this guy's house, this elder's house. They sat at the kitchen table with him and began telling him about the assault that was going on by their abuser. Romy says he looked at her, leaned back a bit, and called her a liar, slamming his fist on the table, telling her never to speak of that man in that way again. Romy and her cousin were crushed, and they were told to leave the house. For years, they tried telling the elders, hoping for help, going from one to the next, but never getting any assistance. This made them question their feelings and their experiences, and made them think that their words no longer mattered after being shut down so many times. Going to visit Barb Anderson gives Romy some hope because she knows the hows and whys that go on in the governing body, being that she was up high in their organization with her job. And she wants to understand what made those elders call a little girl a liar all of those years ago. I just want to say, they fucking suck. Big time. All of those fucking pompous prick assholes. Yep. That think that they're also seated at the right hand of the father. Right. Like, it's so, oh my God. Like, Mm. I can smell bullshit from five miles away. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm not putting any blame on Romy because clearly she was a child. But like, all these fucking adults that believe this bullshit, I just can't understand. Like, are they all just fucking blind? Uh, I'm I'm getting a little heated, as you can tell. I'm getting a little pissed about this. I I fucking hate anything that has to do with child abuse. I know. And all this bullshit just fucking gets me fired up. We get to meet Barbara Anderson. She was the former head researcher for the Watchtower Society. She tells us that she had been with the Jehovah's Witnesses for 43 years, having 11 of those years be at their world headquarters in Brooklyn, New York. In 1982, her and her husband were invited to work at the headquarters. This was the holy grail type of invitation. Everyone that's in the Jehovah's Witnesses wants this type of invitation. Oh, for sure. That means they trust you. They respect you. You're moving up. And it kind of becomes your job now. Like, right. this will be, be your job. It'll change your life. Yeah. 
She was the head researcher in the writing department of the Watchtower and Bible and Tract. When she realized how dangerous the organization was, she decided to speak out about it. In 1991, Awake magazine put out an article with information for the general public about how to help those who are victims of child abuse. This was a reaction to the people who were really upset with the Catholic Church. Right. So this had nothing to do with their organization, but all those pedophilia stories stories, and allegations that came out against the Catholic Church, right. which I also believe oh, has totally. some basis to it as well. And I think that there's some shit going on there, too. Yeah. When you first read the article, you would think, oh, isn't the Jehovah's Witnesses just great? They wouldn't do anything like these other religions would. Because, you know, they're making a stance, they're making a statement saying, oh my gosh, this is just horrible behavior, blah, blah, blah. They're Here's probably, what we can do to help those who have been affected. Yes. And yeah. they're probably, in their minds, the headquarters thinking, oh, this will be great. This is a this is a great press release for us, right? Overcompensating in my mind. Exactly. But after that article came out, it was the complete opposite. The letters started coming in by the thousands. Yep. Most of them were victims of child abuse by the Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I know. That escalated quickly. Now, as a researcher, Barb was in a position of trust within the organization, so she was able to get access to these files at headquarters to see what was really going on. Now, she had learned about their many lawsuits over the years and that the Watchtower had to pay $12.5 million secretly to 16 victims of child abuse. What the fuck? That means it fucking happened. Absolutely. It fucking happened. And they did it secretively and they paid them off so they'd shut their mouths. Uh Oh my God. Clear as fucking day. Right. Clear as day, people, right here. They do not, you they don't do that. People Unless don't fucking do that. It happened. <laughs> Unless it fucking happened. And if they take it public and they can't actually prove that it didn't, yep. then they're done. Yeah. Barb had over 5,000 pages of documents and court records. And when she went through the documents for each case, she realized that the watchtower didn't actually take care of any of these situations. We see some excerpts from these documents. Quote, she said that beginning at age four, her father had sexually abused her. They told me not to speak about it, and they took my dad aside and told him not to. These two elders knew about it, correct? Yes, because I told them. End quote. Almost all of these victims' accounts were identical. Like, what more proof do you need? Honest to God, these people don't even know each other. These are people from all over the country that are saying the same exact story. Right. Now, there were so many cases that they hid, and it showed the deviousness of the Watchtower and that they actually protect their pedophiles. They were able to keep it secret because they were settling these lawsuits without having to go to actual court, like we just stated. Right. We get some on-screen text that states, In 2014, a former Jehovah's Witness filed a $10.5 million lawsuit against the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, alleging that they covered up her childhood sexual abuse. Barb goes on to say that the Jehovah's Witnesses believe they can settle problems between the members by obeying the scripture. According to the Jehovah's Witnesses' interpretation, there is a scripture in Leviticus that tells us that we should go to the elders. This forces the members to go to the elders so that they will avoid going to the authorities. 
What's missing is the original scripture says to testify to authorities. Right. It never says elders, but again, they're kind of rewording it the way they want it to sound to say it was from scripture, but they're making it read as though, oh, well, the authorities in our mind are the elders, right. not the actual authorities, right. not the police. And we see this translation of Leviticus on screen text, and it says, if someone sins because he has heard a public call to testify and he is a witness or has seen or learned about it, and he does not report it, then he will answer for his error. So Jehovah's Witnesses are bypassing the authorities and going to their own elders instead. Barb believes they need to stop using this 3,000-year-old text to tell people or basically bully them into bypassing the authorities on these situations. Seriously. She says that the man who molested Romy molested many other children and is still a member of Jehovah's Witnesses. She says that it's time that the leaders cease and desist this way of thinking. There was an example that she gives us of a man from California who had been removed five times over a 30-year span for molestation and reinstated each time back into the organization. It's so sick. Like, come the fuck on. If that happens once, that motherfucker is kicked out for life. Like, if it was fucking for real, kick these bitches out. Exactly. God damn it. Now, she says that when it comes to this type of a situation, it isn't considered a sin such as, you know, drunkardness. This is a crime. They are repeat offenders. Exactly. This isn't because, you know, I don't know, you ate meat on Friday. You are molesting children. That's a crime. We hear a little excerpt that Barb had actually written herself, and it says, Jehovah's Witnesses elders are taught that when a molester claims repentance and puts forth so-called godly works, he can then be viewed as a former molester. So he's what? Uh, rehabilitated? I fucking can't. I can't it's either. such bullshit. Like they just make up this shit and then say it as scripture. It's It means nothing, but all they're trying to do is cover their fucking tracks. Yep. Like, because they know that this has been happening for fucking years. Way too long. We see an excerpt from the Watchtower magazine dated January 1st of 1997 that says, but nowhere does the Bible say that an adult Christian who sexually abuses a child, whether incestuously or otherwise, cannot be forgiven. So apparently, they can get away with it if they say sorry and then maybe do it again. But if they're sorry, right? Oh, my God. It's so fucking Horrible. Well, Barb then tells us that Jehovah's Witnesses has a prison ministry where they recruit inmates and study with them. So she says that too many of the inmates that actually become witnesses were molesters. That's why they're there. They were. My God. She says that in one particular prison, the only offenders who studied and became witnesses were molesters. They were baptized and, quote, free from sin at that point. This just exposed them to more children, a.k.a. targets. And Barb just said, at this moment, no more. I'm done. And that's when she decided to leave. And I'm sure these fucking previous inmates or prior inmates that are now in the Jehovah's Witnesses, they probably know that it's okay. 
It's fucking okay to be molesters. Like, well, they're taught that they can be forgiven. Exactly. So like, they're not so going to be charged. Why wouldn't they do it again? Why would they continue to do it? Because they can just ask for forgiveness. Yep. And if they're, if they're quote, sorry, all is forgiven. It's yep. all good. Just, you know, don't do it again. Right. Don't do it again. But then we're going to do it again and forgive you again. It's, it's so bullshit. It's so bullshit. Barbara and her husband, Joe, officially left Jehovah's Witnesses in 2001. Now, Romy says it breaks her heart and makes her understand how she could have told 20 elders over her lifetime what had happened to her and why it constantly felt like she were talking to a brick wall, like they just couldn't hear her. It's because they didn't care. No, they did not care. They didn't want to hear her. They They did that on purpose. Right. She also says that all of the information that she learned from Barb really helps her to release some of the weight. You know, not feeling crazy for not being listened to. And she realizes that the elders had actually been instructed to treat her that way when she told them. Right. Of course they were. Yeah. We're back to the Elizabeth Vargas interview. Elizabeth asks, so we have heard these allegations and stories of a systematic cover-up where everyone on the inside is doing this on purpose to make sure this is not uncovered and everything is done in-house. Well, Barb replies that her attitude towards it is that turning over a molester to authorities would prevent further molestations. And that's what she is currently trying to do. She wants to change the laws in the states so that clergy is mandated to report these incidents. Romy replies with, all she thinks about is how thousands of children are being molested while they are talking currently. She goes, it's an epidemic and it's only going to start coming out more and more. And they're letting it happen. And they're still functioning. They're still a functioning organization with thousands and thousands and millions of members. It's insane. It's it's not going away anytime soon. And nothing's doing anything about these molestations and these pedophiles. Right. We see some on-screen text that states, In 2015, the governing body released a video formally stating their position on child abuse. We get an excerpt from this video that states, and I quote, To take advantage of innocent young ones is absolutely despicable. We have taken a decisive stand against such behavior, end quote. It's everything that this man said on this little whatever this video was. Every word he said was bullshit. Right. Like, I didn't believe a word he he said. They were obviously doing this to try to save their asses here. Oh, totally. We're back with another Elizabeth Vargas interview, and Elizabeth asks, what is it about this organization that fosters an environment where this is happening? And Yanyo replies with, she thinks that it's because of the cover-ups and how long it's been going on that it's hard to know who the perpetrators are. And Elizabeth asks, but why? And Barb says that unlike many organizations, they don't want to have any negative press towards their organization. Which I don't think many would. Well, no. I mean, now I think they're so deep in it. Well, the thing is, too, is that, like, of course, like, everything, every organization, every group, every whatever is going to have a bad apple in it. Of course. Right? Everyone is. And I think a lot of the times when they start off covering these up or, like, settling, let's say, out of court quietly with, you know, non-disclosure agreements where it's not going to come out, I think they're hoping to not ruin their reputation because of one person's of course shitty actions but then now they let this one person go and now all of a sudden this second person pops up that's doing the same thing Mm -hmm. so 
where do you draw the line? Well, now it's hundreds. I mean, there's there's right. so many people. Now, the, again, they're so deep into it. They have to continue to cover it up. Absolutely, because otherwise they have to admit that it's been going on. Oh, of course. They'll be fucking shut down. The ship will not be going on anymore. Now, Romy doesn't want to be a part of any religion that would take part in hurting children. I don't think anyone would. If, oh, God, no. If you're an actual soul of a human being and have emotions, you should never want to be a part of something like this. No. I mean, granted, you're going to come across some kids in your lifetime that you're going to want to punch the fuck out. <laughs> Let's be clear yeah. about that. But an organization that just outright allows oh, child yeah. abuse. And not protects okay. molesters? Right. Absolutely not. Not okay. We get some Totally on- different. Exactly. <laughs> we get some on-screen text that states, although Romy has not attended services in eight years, she has never formally left the Jehovah's Witnesses organization. Romy says she wants them to take her off their list of members. She wants to be free from them at last. The Jehovah's Witnesses does the complete opposite of take care of their members. They abuse them. And she is now finally ready to write her letter of disassociation. Now, some on-screen text comes on to explain that in order to be removed from the Jehovah's Witnesses' official list of members, a formal letter has to be sent to the Watchtower, Bible, Tract, and Society. Romy explains that she has written this letter a couple of times, but she's never finished it in the past due to the fear of the repercussions that can happen from walking away. On-screen text says that Jehovah's Witnesses who choose to leave the organization are considered disassociated. The policy dictates that a disassociated person should be treated as if they are dead. Romy explains that once this happens, you're shunned, Family and friends, anybody who you used to know in the organization is directed not to speak to you and are basically kind of told to feel sorry for you because you've made a gross mistake by leaving Mm -hmm. them. Of course. And she says that she feels the need of closure in order to move forward with her life by formally leaving. Right. Versus, I mean, she hasn't been part of it for like eight years, but her name is still out there. More on-screen text says that while Romy says her mother supported her abuse claims, her mother did remain a devout Jehovah's Witness until her death. So Romy explains that she had stayed in Jehovah's Witnesses for her mother. She was told that their relationship would change if she decided to leave because of that policy. So her mom also kind of guilted her into sticking around. Maybe not so much guilt, but I mean... She was also, like, very much going to follow through with those rules. I think it's kind of shitty to do that. It's super shitty. I mean, come on. They're your fucking kids. I know. I'm sorry. Why would a religion ever be first to your fucking kids? Well, like, I get I get people have their own, like, spiritual journeys, and that's totally fine. Yeah. But your kids are your fucking kids. Well, and, like, and it's not like she did something. Right. Like, she just wouldn't be a part of her church or right. whatever she thinks she's in. And it's like, and, and you never talk to her again? You wouldn't have That's a relationship like with her? That's the worst thing that she could have possibly like, done? It's, see, this is the type, like, her mom must have been so fucking brainwashed. Oh, like, for sure. There was no way out for her, obviously. Like, she, like you said, was a devout Jehovah's Witness. So, I don't know. I, I just, I will never, ever understand how people can do that. Never. I don't care how often I go to church or what I believe in. If my kids didn't want to do what I wanted to do, good. 
do what you want to do. Do what yeah. makes you happy. Like Just be good people. Exactly. Be good people and do what you love. Like that's how it should be. Yeah. I, I don't know why it's so hard. <laughs> I know. And it's astounding how many parents will basically turn their back on their children over religion. I know. It's really, really unfortunate. Yeah. So we do see a little bit of the letter that Romy is writing. And she wrote, and I quote, to the Watchtower and Tract Society, I was shocked into silence for many, many years regarding the horrors that I and many I know have experienced. And she dated this December 8th of 2017. My birthday. Your birthday. (laughs) As she's writing it, she says that she feels good, basically like it's a breakup, but on her own terms. Exactly. Right? Like she's leaving somebody who she just knows she should have left a long time ago. She says that her dream would be to actually hand it to the elders in the governing body for her own justice. Of course. We're back at the Elizabeth Vargas interview, and Elizabeth asks, it had been several years from when you decided to leave the Jehovah's Witnesses and when you actually left. Why so long? And Romy responded with guilt. And Elizabeth says, is this a normal emotion to have when trying to leave? And Yanya replies with, leaving a cult is one of the most difficult things you'll ever do. You are giving up this world you know to a world you don't know. Right. Especially in Romy's case. She literally was born into this religion. It's all she knows. All she knows. How do you start new? I mean, that's it's really hard to even wrap your mind around that, I'm sure. Right. Especially when you're not really in a church. You're not in a religion. You're in a fucking cult. It's a, it's way different. There's yeah. a lot of brainwashing. There's a lot of fear and right. terror that's added into it. And that's been just, like, planted inside of you. Exactly. We're now in Warwick, New York. And Romy is, they're actually driving. They're in a van. They're driving somewhere. And Romy's telling us that they are on their way to the headquarters of the Jehovah's Witnesses to hand deliver her disassociation letter. It's significant because in this cult, it's almost like the Vatican is to Catholics. Right, this specific area that they're going to. Exactly. And as they got closer to the headquarters, she started to feel a bit sick. I'm sure all those feelings of years of wanting to do this that is probably scary. I've been in positions like that where you just, your your emotions are all over the place. It almost feels like your head's going to explode. You just like don't want to follow through with what yeah. you know you need to do. Yes. And she, and she was scared. And you know you'll be fine. Right. But, but she was scared. It's such an adulty thing to do. It is. It is. Now we see them pull up. Romy gets out of the car and she's speaking to the security guard. And right. mind you, he's in this like hut fully enclosed area, okay? Yep. And he's speaking through, like, a, a speakerphone. And he immediately said that no one was available, but that they could have someone come down to meet them. And as Romy's waiting, she reflects on the fact that these people will spend thousands of hours walking up to strangers' doors to talk with them, but they won't come down to talk with her since they had been waiting already 40 minutes. Right. Now, they decide to go back to the security guard, and he tells her that he had made some calls and no one is available. And just decided not to tell them? Like, that's kind of fucking rude. Well, they go door to door, Kenzie. They don't go car to car. Well, and we see in the documentary that we see there's two gentlemen in a car up on the hill where this headquarters is. Like, as if they were about to come down, but they decided not to because they knew that they were being filmed. I think, yeah. You know, that, that probably had a lot to do with it is there was a film crew there. Yep. 
Now, Romy starts to tell this man about her experience, the security guard, because she needs to tell someone. She wants to tell someone what has been going on and that she was giving them her dissociation letter. And he just continually cut her off. Like, he also didn't want to hear about it. Like, every word she said, he's like, okay, I got to go. Well, sorry. Well, thanks so much. I'll give it to who's available. See see you. Bye. Bye. Like, shutting the door in her face. Like, it was so rude. It was rude. So fucking rude and disrespectful. Like, yeah. I would have fucking bitch slapped his ass. Like, fuck you. <laughs> like, at the what same, is wrong with you? Well, and at the same time, though, it's kind of like yelling at customer service for something. That, you know <laughs> what I mean? True. That has nothing. They they have no power. Right. Who knows if he's even part of Jehovah's Witnesses? Maybe he's not. Maybe he's <laughs> literally just a security guard that just works there. You know, and he's like... This, like, crazy lady is telling me about how she was sexually abused. Like, oh, my God. I mean, if if he was a person that actually cared, and maybe he wasn't a part of it, right? Right. Wouldn't you at least take five minutes and listen to her? Like, he didn't allow his face to be shown on camera. Right. He, I mean, he was just very standoffish. He was very dismissive. So it made me feel like yeah. he was being told to do that. Totally. Like, don't say anything. Do not give anything away. Do not even have a conversation with them. We do not need this kind of press Right? Yep. With whatever they're trying to film. Well, my thought is that's probably what was said to him. For sure. For sure. Because he had an earpiece in and he was being told what oh, to yeah, say, yeah. I'm sure. Yep. Now, Romy felt relieved and free. Even if it wasn't the way that she had planned it out to be, she was no longer afraid and knows that she will find true happiness. We get some on-screen text that states, as more and more victims sue the Jehovah's Witnesses organization over their policies regarding child sexual abuse, media outlets across the globe have reported on the scandal extensively. They sure have. We see like this montage of news videos of all this exposure about what's been going on. A lot of them being elders. For sure. Yeah. Now, we get another set of on-screen text that states, Jehovah's Witnesses declined to comment on the allegations in this episode, but provided producers with a copy of Jehovah's Witnesses' scripturally-based position on child protection, which states, in part, quote, Jehovah's Witnesses abhor child abuse and view it as a crime. The elders do not shield any perpetrator of child abuse from the authorities, end quote. We're back to the Elizabeth Vargas interview, and she asks, Romy, do you consider Jehovah's Witnesses a cult? And Romy says, I do now. And Elizabeth says, what would you say to people watching the next time a Jehovah's Witness comes knocking at their door? And Romy replies, knowing what I know now, I would never want to be associated or affiliated with anybody who protects sexual abusers that hurt children. I really want people to know what's really going on in there. End quote. We're back with Romy at the very end here, and she tells us that she wanted to share her story in hopes that the Jehovah's Witnesses will change. The stuff that's going on is criminal and needs to stop. She understands that this cult attracts vulnerable and lonely people that need people, but to be careful. I mean, I think she's being realistic. Absolutely. That there's going to be people that are still going to be a part of this horrible fucking cult. Yep. Because they believe all the bullshit that's being spewed to them. But. Well, we can hope that it doesn't happen to everybody. Right. You know I, what mean, I mean, what is she gaining from telling her story? I mean, if people think she's lying, what is she gaining? Right. Nothing. She's, getting she's nothing. not getting money out of it or anything like that. No. And so you got to take things as they are. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not like she's doing this as a publicity stunt or whatever. No one even knows who the hell she is. Right. She just wants to get her story out here to say, hey, this could happen to you. Yep. If you get into this cult and you have children, 
this could happen to your children. Right. Today, in 2021, this could happen right now. Right. And, and so this is I how agree. the organization would handle it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that was nuts. Yeah, I knew very little. I know more now, right? Same. I, I think it's crazy that their their rules are just so internal. It. I don't know if you know much about, like, I've been watching the Scientology uh, oh, documentary yes. with Leah Remini. And yes. I'm just like, this organization is very reminiscent of Scientology or, you know, vice versa, because I think Scientology came after this. But there's a lot of rules that they have of keeping things internal and and all of these things that it's just like, oh. But that's how cults are. Absolutely. They have to do they that. They have to, yeah. Because they have to protect these criminal acts that are they're doing. Right. A lot of the shit that they're doing is not legal. Right. You know, like, this is what the differentiating factor is. If they're, like, keeping you from your friends, if they're telling that you can't do certain things, you know what I mean? If they're telling you that if you leave, you're going to go to hell or whatever, like, those are bad signs. Absolutely. Like, normal churches or religious organizations would never say that to you. No. Like, they shouldn't say that to you. No. Because you should have your own type of, you know, religious experience if you want to, or your own relationship well, with your higher power. different, right. Right. It should be different. We're yeah. all different people. Right. You know? So, just something to keep in the back of your mind. If you're right. ever trying to join a new religious organization <laughs> or what you think is a religious organization, just look out for those few little nuggets. Yeah. This is the only one that I think we would actually be able to afford to join. Because there was no mention of money in it. There was no money. But then again, we don't know. Maybe there is. Oh, I'm sure. They they probably have <laughs> obligations every week right. that they have to give some portion of their probably. income. I'm sure. Yeah. How else would you know? Or your firstborn. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, Sadly enough. Gross. Well, thank you so much for tuning in this week to this episode. Our next episode is going to be covering the Hulu documentary, Vanessa Guillen, Remember Her Name. This is the mysterious murder of a slain soldier found bludgeoned and dismembered. And the prime suspect at this Texas army base commits suicide. So stick around because it's going to be it. And I haven't seen this yet. It's brand new. So it is brand new. This will be this will be a good one to cover. Yeah, I just started watching. I'm probably... 15, 20 minutes into it, maybe. Um, I just kind of wanted to watch a little bit of it and see how it, how it flowed. And it's going to be a good one, I think. Yeah. We're going to see some uh, some people that we have heard about in other documentaries, too. Oh, I always like that. Yeah, me too. Now, in the meantime, if you'd like to follow us on any of our social medias, you can find us on Instagram at sheer underscore crime underscore podcast, Twitter at sheer crime pod. We're on TikTok at sheer crime podcast. Of course, Facebook is our Sheer Crime Podcast Discussion Group. And if you have any documentaries you'd like us to cover, go ahead and send those to our email inbox, requests at sheercrimepodcast.com. We'd love to hear what you'd love to hear so that we can cover it. Absolutely. It would be so much fun. Absolutely. Especially if they're new ones and we haven't really heard a lot about Yes, them. please. Those are actually some of the best ones to cover. Those are some of the best ones. Like, remember Baby God? Neither one of us had ever freaking heard of it. And remember how fucking pissed I was? That was such a good one. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we were, we were flaming that one. Flaming? <laughs> Ouch. We're oh. keeping it. We're keeping oh. it. We're keeping it. It's so tight right now. I can hardly breathe. <laughs> <sighs> we're keeping that one. 
Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God, it hurts. I can't even laugh. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, mid Braxton Hicks. My God, really? Okay. We hope that you're enjoying your summer. And remember, stay safe, stay sane, and never run with scissors. Bye, guys. See ya. See ya.